Welcome to the Sparked Podcast, a place to keep your spark bright. Here I've brought together my most powerful tips from the last decade plus partnering with small businesses on all things leadership, mindset, people and culture. Here my approach combines intuitive psychology, strategy, neuroscience and results-based coaching to unlock your highest potential. Step into your power and truly own your role as a leader so that you can spread the positive impacts of your purpose-led work everywhere. My name is Emma Campbell. I'm a mindset and performance coach for purpose-led leaders. I'm a mama to two cheeky little munchkins. I'm a wine appreciator, nature-obsessed, stubbornly optimistic child at heart, and I'm here to inspire belief in what's possible for you because it is all so possible. I hope that this podcast leaves you feeling lighter, more inspired, and more ready than ever to go out there and take actions on your big dreams and vision. I can't wait to dig in. See you in the podcast. Hello, hello. I am so happy to be here. It has been a little while since I have been on the Sparked podcast mic and I am beyond happy to chat to you guys. How are you? I hope you are having the most wonderful day. Today it is a beautiful, sunny, fresh, gorgeous day in Perth and I am a very weather affected person. (laughs) When the weather is nice, I feel like it just impacts my entire state and body. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like my mindset is clear and I, I don't know, I just feel vibrant and positive and, and full of life. And Sometimes when it's like muggy and humid, I just feel that in me as well. Let me know if you're with me. (laughs) So it has been a little while since I've been on the podcast, Mike, and I'm so happy to be here with you today uh, talking about a topic which is, oh, so, gosh, so important to me. And it's about change and what drives change and what drives people to want to change because you know as a coach this is definitely a question that comes up a lot for me in my work you know most of the time I'm lucky enough to um, witness people when they are ready to change so they've been through all the ups and the downs of the resistance the denial the um the hiding the going back and forth and usually when they come and knock on my door, they have made that decision, they're ready to change. But a question that I get asked a lot is what makes people want to change and how can we help people change? And it's such a fantastic question. And I'm going to give you a spoiler spoiler alert that I haven't found the answer 100% yet, but I have identified some absolutely powerful conditions that can support and move and accelerate that process of change along. Um, if if the person is right, like, you know, at the end of the day, we don't, we don't have control over other people. We only have control over ourselves and trying to change another person can sometimes backfire. <laughs> so I'm going to talk you through the conditions that I have found can actually support change rather than push it in the opposite direction because 
you know, if you are someone who has someone in their life who, um, whether it's a partner, a family member, a friend, perhaps you're a leader who has a team member who you can see is struggling or who's going through a really stressful period at work or, um, you know, you can just see that they're not at their best and that there's so much you know, so much room for improvement or um, so much room for growth. And perhaps you're wondering how you can help them. And you've perhaps you've sent them links to podcasts that they could listen to um, that had, you know, a real impact on you. And, um, you know, you haven't got anything back and you're just really wanting to see them get better, to, to see them be more happy or um, to move forward in a particular area of their life, then this is the episode for you. Um, it's, I think it's relevant for both personal examples as well as professional. And if you are one of those people who has seen, who has someone in their life who you'd love to see them change and grow, um, there's no doubt that you've probably felt some frustration. Uh, in not seeing them change. And you may have even noticed that the more that you try to help, the more that they push back, <laughs> the more that they perhaps go in the other direction. And, um, you know, this is a real true thing. This is a, I don't actually have the technical term for it, but it's a, it's a real thing that occurs. It's like that push-pull phenomenon that whenever you try and push someone into something, it's like the resistance of the energy that you're using to push them, they'll, they'll push back with an equal force, right? And that's why we want to, what the conditions that I'm going to share with you today, they are more pull strategies that'll pull the person um, ideally in the right direction. But at the end of the day, you know, no, nothing is guaranteed, right? It all comes down to the person. Um, so I have identified some conditions which can help move change along. And it's whether you're a coach or a leader, you know, you can see these conditions or you can use these conditions to help drive positive change whether it's a new behavior you want to see um, from someone in your life, uh, whether it's the adoption of a new way or a new habit or whatever. Um, perhaps you've seen someone repeating the same habits over and over again and you can see them struggling. Uh, this will be some really helpful, some helpful ideas to help you support that person in the right way. And the first thing that I wanted to start with was the change cycle, because I remember when I first was introduced to the change cycle, and you can actually just pop this into a Google search if you want to get a visual on it. Um, I thought it was so helpful to remember, particularly for leaders, if you are driving a new change at work, whether it's a new process, um, whether it's a new way, whether it's, um, you know, it's just something new that you want in, in the workplace around how you serve customers or how you get things done. It could be even as simple as like, you know, introducing a, um, a new way that you greet customers or clients or whatever. 
this change cycle is something that's so important to recognize that people move through different stages um, or move through different emotions as they're processing that change. And the first emotion, <laughs> you might have noticed this in anyone that you are sharing change with, is shock and denial. <laughs> so this is where the person that you're trying to, you know, drive something new with is really trying to look for evidence that it isn't true, that they don't have to make a change. Because let's be honest, at the heart of it, we are all very, very addicted to our creature comforts. We like the familiar. And that is just something that every single brain on this planet, every single body on this planet loves familiarity, loves what they know, because what we know helps us feel safe. It's predictable. And even sometimes if that thing that we know is not necessarily good for us or healthy for us, we still tend to work towards these um, these old familiar patterns, whether it's around drinking, whether it's around smoking, whether it's around being on our phones, what it, whatever it is, um, you know, we we feel very familiar. Oh, we sorry, we really like the familiar, and so we tend towards it. So if someone is trying to drive a new change in us, <laughs> whatever that thing might be, even if it's good for us the first reaction that we're always going to have is shock and denial. Like, no, I don't want to change that thing that I want to do. And as we start to move through the curve, then it can start to move into frustration. So it can, you, there can be some anger um, that things need to be different. Um, then it can move towards depression. Um, sometimes that low energy, that sense of like, oh God, do I have to do this thing? This sucks. I hate this. Um, but this is also a really good space that change starts to occur. So this is like the dip of the change cycle curve where there's kind of like an acceptance. And with that acceptance of the new change, there can also um, be some lower energy. But from that place, things then start to look up. So typically, then people start to move into this like kind of openness mindset of like, all right, I've accepted that this change needs to occur. Now I'm ready to experiment. I'm ready to you know, just have a little play with what the change could look like, what the, um, the engagement with the new situation could look like. And then it moves into making a decision to actually accept the change and to adapt to the new situation, and then an integration into working within the new context altogether. So there's quite a few different stages in there, right? And I think something that's so important to remember is that every single human will go through these different stages um, with every change in their life. Some people just move through that change curve way faster than others and others need longer to process the different stages. So if you've got someone in your life that perhaps there's a change that you want to drive with them or, um, or you know, you just want to see something new, just know that they might be getting stuck on at the frustration or the depression end. Um, 
and that they will move through it and that there's things that you can do to help them come along right through like acknowledging where they're at and being really compassionate with them and supportive um and I'm, I'm not going to go into too much detail on that change curve but i think it's just so important to remember that there are these different stages that we go through when um, driving change and that your job as either a coach or a leader or as someone supporting someone is to recognize what stage they're in and to help them and guide them through one stage to the next, rather than trying to get them from shock and denial to integration, it's recognizing that actually they need to move through the frustration. They need to move through de the depression so that they can then be open towards the experimentation and making the decision to accept and all of those sort of things. So now I would love to share with you my belief on what drives change and what can support change in someone. And they, there are one, two, three, four, five, five key areas that I'm going to talk through. So the first one is awareness. <laughs> and, you know, this may or may not be a surprise to you, but in order for us to change, we need to actually have awareness of what that thing is that is getting in the way. And the only way to really create awareness, well, I believe that there's two different ways. One, yes, another person can support us in that awareness by, you know, shedding some light on what they've been noticing about a person and, you know, sharing things like, you know, I've been noticing that you've been very stressed lately. I've been noticing um, that, you know, you've been on your phone a lot. I've been noticing that your drinking has um, increased lately or whatever. Um, so there are some things that another person can do to help create that awareness. But the other piece that I have seen that can be really, really powerful is anything which helps the person break free from whatever their default mode is. So whether that's a holiday, whether that's going on a retreat, whether that's being out in nature, whether that's meditation, whether that's having some time to themselves to walk out, you know, down at the beach or whatever, basically anything which breaks them free from the rat race, that breaks them free from default mode, from the day-to-day -day thoughts and behaviors and habits, that keep us in unconscious mode. So like our brain often has two different modes that we can kind of be in, that we dip between all day long. And that's being conscious and aware and having that aware, awake attention to being truly present and in the moment. I think we've all had moments that we know when we're present and then other moments that we know that we are totally out of it, that we're in our heads, that we're in unconscious mode, um, that we're in what I sometimes call our default network mode in our brain. So the first piece that I would say is if you are trying to support another person to change, the first piece is helping create that sense of awareness. And this can happen through either you drawing awareness to it or helping them create some space 
in their life that they can drop out of unconscious mode um, and start to get some, some higher awareness about what's actually going on. The second piece that I would say is, um, so there's two pieces to this. So two of the key drivers of change are either um, the avoidance of pain or the desire towards pleasure. And so two of the key drivers that can sometimes enact change and spark change is either someone has been through enough pain and suffering that they're like, enough is enough. Like, oh my gosh, you know, I've, I've gone through enough of this pain and like perhaps their coping mechanisms to avoid that pain haven't been working anymore. Um, and so this is something that they can, they can just experience in themselves uh, through, you know, experience, experiencing so much stress at work or so much pain in the body or an impact on their health or whatever. Um, and that that can be something that can spark them to want to change. Or another question that you can ask them is, you know, like how long has this issue been affecting you? Or um, what what is this issue costing you? Or what happens when you do nothing about this? Um, so there's some questions that you could ask to support to, um, that awareness around the pain. And then the other one is pleasure. So if there's an awareness of or a strong enough desire towards pleasure, um, towards what could be, you know, that positive change, the positive benefits. Um, and some of the questions that you could ask to help create that awareness around pleasure could be, you know, why is this important to you? Um, what would it mean if you were able to see a change here? What benefits could you experience if you made a change? What could be possible? You know, all of those sort of questions. And then at the end of the day, if there is one key piece that I feel like is probably the most powerful in actually driving someone to want to intrinsically change rather than you trying to um, get them to change is just by you purely modeling the change that could be possible for them. So modeling what's possible. So this is what helps them recognize what could be possible is by you leading by example, by you showing them that, you know, this is, this is what life could be like, that, um, that it doesn't have to be full of stress and anxiety, that it can look like joy and clarity and achievement and success or whatever it is that you feel like um, that, that is perhaps missing in the person's life. So this is really the most powerful one that can take time, but it is the one that will be most powerful in terms of sparking the intrinsic desire to want to change. And it's the only thing that I've actually seen that can spark people to want to change because it's them seeing you, I don't know, leading or living by example, and it's them making the decision that, oh, actually what I'm doing right now is not working for me um, and that it is possible and that I do want to change because you've modelled what is possible. The fifth and final piece, and this is a really powerful one as well, is what I'm going to call belief. So 
your belief will actually have an impact on whether they change or not. So what do I mean by that? You can help, you can help them along in their change journey by having unwavering belief in them and their ability to grow and change. So this is really linked to the self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, If you haven't heard of the self-fulfilling prophecy, Google it on YouTube. I I might even do a separate YouTube on it. I'm sorry, a separate podcast on it altogether because it's a really interesting one. Basically what it means is how you see a person, how you see a person is how you treat a person and how you treat someone is who they become. So I'm going to say that again. So how you see them is how you will treat them and how you treat them is who they will become. So if you see that person in your team or in your life as capable, like so clever and so capable and so full of potential, you will treat them in that way. You know, you'll expect them to step up. You'll see that potential and they will rise to that and they will step into and become that potential that you see. Whereas if you see them as, I don't know, like beyond beyond your help or you see them as a dud or you see them as hopeless or you see them as not worth it or dumb or you know, never able to change. Like if you just see that it's not possible, you'll unconsciously just give up on that person. You'll unconsciously not even give them a chance. And then they'll become that thing that you see them as. They'll become that dud. <laughs> they'll become that, um, you know, that person who who can't actually make the change. So how you see them is how you will treat them and how you treat them is who they become. And it's actually really amazing the science behind this. Um, And a lot of it is to do with um, both, you know, our beliefs and how our beliefs impact our actions and how our actions impact the results in our lives. But it's also a lot to do with this thing called mirror neurons, where our brains mirror the neurons of other people's brains in our life, particularly when we're very um, close and connected to them. So if you are seeing that person in your life as capable and full of potential and you're showing up and you're treating them in that way by expecting them to step up and they are also um, experiencing that sense of belief that you have in them through this mirror neurons or through the mirror neurons in both of your brains, they will actually start to believe in themselves as well because the neurons in your brain start to mirror each other in the different states that you're in. So there's two kind of ways that that belief piece is working there. So they're my five key conditions that can help support change, um, whether it's in the workplace, whether it's with someone in your life. And I'm just going to recap those back to you. So the first one is awareness. So helping create space 
for the person to break free from default mode so that they can actually become conscious and aware of that change. Um, you know, drawing attention to pain or pleasure, so helping them recognize what suffering the, the issue is causing them or what pleasure could be possible through change. Um, you modeling possibility, so modeling the change that you want to see and showing them what is actually possible and then having unwavering belief in their ability to grow and change. So truly seeing their potential and um, seeing the, the benefits of the self-fulfilling prophecy there. And, you know, at the end of the day, um, I think the key piece is also patience, right? <laughs> Um, probably the hardest piece in my job that I, that I work on every single day, you know, that, that patience that then has to be connected to faith, faith and belief that things will change if they're meant to, and they will change at exactly the right time in exactly the way that they're meant to. And I mean, in a workplace, it can be a little bit different because if it's to do with a process that someone needs to take on board, you know, people will need to get on board that change um, in time. Um, otherwise, you know, some more serious discussions might need to occur. But that patience piece and that, that acknowledgement of knowing that people move through the change curve at different pieces can be really helpful in supporting that patience. Um, and, but if, yeah, if it's family or friends, then you can be a little bit more patient and, and supportive, um, because everyone's at different stages of their self-awareness and growth journey, right? And it's all working out exactly as it is supposed to, exactly as it needs to. And if you can just keep seeing their highest potential, see them the way that you know they can be that that is going to be the greatest piece to help them actually rise to step into that potential. I hope you really enjoyed today's episode. Uh, let me know what your biggest takeaway was from today. This is a topic that is so, oh, so um, interesting and inspiring to me. And I would love to know if you have found something yourself that you feel like is really supportive in driving change um, in another person or in the workplace or whatever. Um, otherwise, yeah, let me know what your biggest takeaway or your biggest aha moment was um, from today. Uh, you can send me a DM on Instagram. I'm at Emma underscore Lou underscore Campbell. Um, or if you really enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends. Perhaps you have someone who you know is witnessing another person suffering and who wants to be able to help, then I know this episode will be sure to support them along on that journey. Sending you big love. Have an incredible day. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed, I would just love it if you took one little minute to leave a quick review or even to share this potty with a friend who you think might benefit from its message. It's honestly hearing your feedback that keeps me going and helps me spread the word to get in the ears of other people just like you who are going through similar challenges and keen for a little bit of inspiration. Thank you so much. I love you. I appreciate you. And I'll see you in the next podcast. Thank you.